Have you ever wondered what it takes to create a life that's free from the bonds of corporate slavery? Maybe you're already on that journey, but you're still figuring it out. This show aims to show you the way by sharing the real stories, strategies, tactics, trials and tribulations of freedom seekers at different stages of their journeys, from running a business on the side to serial entrepreneurs who've launched and scaled multiple multi-million dollar firms. Hello, I'm Craigie B. This is Corporate Escape Plan. Hey, hey, it's me, Craigie B. Welcome to another edition of the Corporate Escape Plan. Today's guest is here to talk about how to start a business on a shoestring budget. His name is Mark Morwinney. Mark is a lifelong entrepreneur who helps coaches get more clients without the need for paid advertising. He achieves this through his coaching programs, his podcast called Natural Ball Coaches, his Facebook group, The Coaching Jungle, and his exclusive hard copy newsletter, Secret Coach Club. He's been a speaker at events like Social Media Marketing World, frequently makes media appearances and has also contributed to publications like entrepreneur.com. You can learn more about Mark at his website, www.mark.coach, and that is Mark with a C, not a K. And his Coaching Jungle Facebook group is nearly 17,000 strong and growing fast. That's where he manages a community of like-minded coaches from around the world. His Natural Born Coaches podcast is well established with more than 600 episodes, highly respected by the worldwide coaching community, attracting as it does top names from the coaching industry. Welcome to the Corporate Escape Plan, Mark. It's great to have you here. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Craig. From across, I'm across the pond from you, I guess. <laughs> Yes, I forgot to mention uh, you're from Canada. So, yes, just so that people get a feel for where you're actually from in the world. Yeah. So, great, I, great white north. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, it's really cold there right now um, as we're recording, isn't it? Today is, uh, but uh, just about to get rid of any stereotypes, we don't all live in igloos. It's actually very beautiful here. Most of the year, uh, except for the winter, is very beautiful, but uh, the rest of the year is nice and hot and sunny and yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it. Um, might as well. So today's subject, we're, we're talking about how to start a business on a shoestring budget. Because we know that some people thinking about a corporate escape, they may not be wanting to take uh, big risks and they may even be thinking about trying something on the side before they make that break. And there may well be other reasons why they're looking to keep their investments in a business venture uh, on the low side, you know, on a, on a budget. So I'm really keen because I know you're an expert on this particular subject to invite you to talk to us about that. So for whatever reason, we may not be looking to invest a large amount of money in a business. So how would you advise someone to go about starting out on a shoestring budget? Well, um, a couple of things. Uh, first off, I, my background is actually in real estate 
And um, I build up uh, through a decade in real estate, a big real estate company. I had about 100 agents and employees working with me. Um, everything was going great until it all collapsed. <laughs> and uh, when I uh, started my coaching business in 2014, uh, I, I say I, I like to joke I didn't start on a shoestring budget. I started on a dental floss budget. Uh, <laughs> <because> it, <laughs> it was even worse. I, I just didn't have access to the resources that I would have had back in my real estate days. So um, I had to build it up, roll up my sleeves and, and build it up uh, another way. And so that's why I'm very passionate about this. I don't want people to think, oh, well, he started his coaching business sitting on a pile of money because unfortunately I, I was coming off a of business closure, you know, a few years earlier. And uh, it was actually a blessing in disguise, I find. Uh, at the time, I didn't think it was, but it forced me to roll up my sleeves and uh, to try different things and build it organically uh, to really refine my message. And so looking back now, six years later, I could say, oh, actually, it was probably a silver lining in that cloud, but it didn't feel like it at that time. But uh, that's a great thing nowadays doing business here in 2020 is that uh, you don't need a whole bunch of money for office space, for office equipment, to hire staff, to pay for all this, uh, you know, billboards and old school type advertising. Uh, you know, with online, Craig, is you can buy a domain from GoDaddy for 10 bucks. And uh, God, you only need a website nowadays. So free social media, you can do very well uh, with it too. So it's a democratized the entrepreneurial experience because you don't need 50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars to get started. Yeah. So, um, so the advancement of technologies really, really help people be able to do this on, on a budget. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Like I said, it's democratized. It lets uh, everybody start a business. Uh, the bad thing is there's a lot of people starting businesses that think, uh, they don't treat it seriously enough because they bought the domain for $10 and they're working from their dining room table, maybe in their pajamas with a bowl of Cheerios. And uh, <laughs> they're not, they're, they're not uh, on main street with the door open with uh, customers and clients coming in. So it doesn't always feel real. Uh, so overall, I think it's great that the barrier is low, but it can be a little deceptive. Um, then you also factor in, you've got the snake oil salesmen and saleswomen online who are promising instant riches, you know, work five minutes a day with my magic system and make a million bucks uh, right away. And it just doesn't work like that. So I always give that little asterisk that uh, you can start it on a shoestring budget. However, you are going to have to put roll up your sleeves, put effort in, and it's not going to be uh, instant uh, get rich quick type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you're serious about it, you need a proper strategy and it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. And, and that's, um, I'm a very optimistic person. I don't want to sound pessimistic. I think I'm, maybe I'm a more re an optimistic realist <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I, I find, uh, especially people in your world that are leaving a corporate, um, environment they're they're smart people anyways so i know this sounds like common sense but if you enter let's say starting an online business with that expectation that okay there's going to be some ups and downs it's going to take a while to prime the pump and to get it going i think your chances of success will be better instead of somebody thinks it's going to be instant wretches and and it's uh you know gonna have the big mansions the lamborghinis and and the yachts and everything next month uh, from your online earnings 
Right, yes. What advice would you have for someone who's not actually 100% sure what it is they want to do? They know they want to leave corporate. Yeah, well, um, the advice I would give is to take the pressure off and don't think that you're going to have it all figured out on day one. So I find that a lot of people... um, they want to have it all figured out. They want the six uh, or sorry, the five-year business plan. They want to know everything right out of the gate, have it all worked out. And the tr- truthfully, you're going to probably have to throw some spaghetti at the wall, uh, so to speak, and, and uh, try some different things, but just take the pressure off is not the end of the world. If you end up evolving, changing course, you change your niche or your focus with your business as time goes on. Uh, my my suggestion for anyone who's in corporate but doesn't enjoy it and wants to start their own business is um, you don't have to. Uh, it was Jerry Maguire a big movie in the UK. I, have you ever seen that one with Tom Cruise? I I haven't seen it, and um, and the only reason I even know about it is I think I've seen you talking about it in in your Facebook group this week. Yeah, I probably have. Yeah. So um, anyone who hasn't seen Jerry Maguire, to make a long story short, he's a disgruntled sports agent who quits his, uh, from his company because he thinks they've lost sight of you know the relationship part of it and they're only in it for the money. So there's a big scene, dramatic part of the movie where he uh, does this big, uh, he quits, you know, and he tells the office, I'm done. Who's coming with me? You know, right. <laughs> all to march out with uh, him like the Pied Piper and uh, no, nobody comes except for the secretary played by Renee Zellweger uh, before he leaves he rolls up his sleeve and he takes a fish out of the fish tank he says I bought this and he takes a fish with him um, but uh, my point for corporate is don't feel like you have to do this big dramatic uh, quick <laughs> job today like a Jerry Maguire type thing because um, that's going to do a couple things if you, if you tell your boss to shove it today it's going to put a lot of pressure on you that you got to start making money really quickly. And, and it, in my world, I mm. only deal with coaches. I'm a coach, but uh, if you're, let's say you're becoming a coach, you're going to take on clients that you shouldn't probably be taking on. They're going to drive you nuts just because you need the money. And then you're going to be miserable with your coaching business, just like you weren't happy with your corporate. So it's not bad to have a little bit of a runway. My suggestion would be to keep the corporate gig to have the consistent money coming in you're not going to starve you're paying the bills uh, but build something up on the side you know humans have a tremendous amount of extra time that we don't realize so even if you factor in 40 to 60 hours a week of work you factor in your trans um, your time commuting to work your lunch hours you uh, factor in helping kids with the homework going to their soccer practice all this other stuff you still can squeeze out probably 20 to 30 hours a week to work on your business, especially if you're not binge watching the latest uh, popular series on Netflix. Right. So I've heard, yeah, yeah. I've heard people say, Oh, there's no way that I have um, 20 hours a week or 30 hours a week. I say, okay, well, could you get to bed a little earlier, but then get up at 5 AM? Maybe you work for an hour or two before the kids get up for school. Uh, or you, you stay up later if you're a night owl. Um, it, it, there's different things that you can do mm. to build your business in those off hours from your corporate gig. Uh, but don't quit your job right on day one and expect that you're going to have a whole bunch of money coming in on day two. I think you want to be realistic and you, you want to give yourself a long enough runway to get the traction going with your online business. Yeah, that's great advice. Don't do the, the, the Maguire thing and don't necessarily burn the boats. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and yeah. speaking of Jerry Maguire, I mean, this is something that's uh, 
train of thought, but I think it could be some good advice for people. I use it with my clients all the time. Um, when you're starting your business and you, you choose an area to go into, a uh, good way to build that business is uh, Jerry Maguire at the very beginning of that movie, the, the uh, incident or event that got everything started for that movie was he wrote a manifesto, what he wanted to, what he hated, but the sports agency industry and what he would want to change with it. And his manifesto can be found online, but let me know um, if you want me to, to give it to you, uh, Craig, and you can put it on the show notes page or whatever, because I recommend with my, yeah, yeah I'll shoot it over to you. Uh, because it's one that uh, Cameron Crowe actually created for the movie, although you only hear part of it in the movie. But um, it's really interesting. So I've used that with clients who don't know um, what to do exactly with their business or or what to focus on. And I say write a Jerry Maguire manifesto, and that that could be a powerful motivator too. So that's a that movie has some golden nuggets you wouldn't think so for entrepreneurs. Wow. That's amazing. I did, yeah. I, I I had no idea about this film, and like I said, until I saw you talking about it in in the, hmm. your Facebook group this week. So yeah, love to see that and add it to the show notes. So that's brilliant. So what would someone need to think about when they're deciding who they're looking for as a client? Because you talked about being you talked about being careful about not ending up with people that you really don't want to work with and what I was reading into that is you could end up being in another corporate prison or something or you go from one prison into mm. another because you haven't been too careful about who you're actually picking up as clients yeah well I mean first thing for your business you want to answer two questions uh, who am I helping and how am I helping them which sounds easy. People might hear it and think, oh, that, that's simple to really easy questions. But I've mm. seen entrepreneurs beat their heads against the wall for many, many months over this. Don't take forever to answer those questions. But you want to know uh, who are you helping and how are you helping them? Uh, in my world, the coaching world, when I'm helping other coaches get business and clients, I tell them don't be too general with us. Some people jump in and they think they want to appeal to every single person out there. You see yeah. like life coaches and stuff like that. Um, I think you have to be more focused uh, to really have a, the best chance at it. So for example, if I were in the health coaching niche, instead of saying I'm a health coach, maybe I say I help um, mothers and newborn babies get back to their pre-baby weight without spending all day in the gym, you know, something like that, which is, is more uh, targeted, it's clear who I'm dealing with. So really? you want to uh, find out who you're helping, how you're helping them is what's your program. If you're a coach, Okay, am I doing one-on-one -on -one coaching? Am I doing group coaching? Is it more of a membership site, a mastermind? What am I doing? Uh, so that's the other question to answer. And you made a really good point with choosing your ideal clients. Um, I worked out with my own business criteria. I have five main points for who I'll, I work with and who I won't work with. I mean, and then there's an overarching rule. I'm not going to curse on your podcast, but I have a rule. I call it a no a-hole or B-word uh, rule. So I won't deal with a-hole men or B-word women. Right. Uh, that, I, I don't want to deal with that. Uh, but some of my criteria are things like I want to work with uh, people who are motivated. You know, I can't want it success more than my client. They have to have that fire in their belly and they have to want it. Um, other criteria is they have to respect boundaries. So 
Um, I dealt with someone once who expected an answer from me. If he messaged me, he wanted an answer within two minutes. That's not how I do my business. I'm mm -hmm. not going to wait a week to get back to my client, but it's not going to be two minutes either. Uh, other criteria could be, um, uh, oh, uh, I, I'll be paid what I'm worth and be paid on time. So I don't want to chase people around for payment and so on. So by having that criteria, whatever your criteria is, you can line up any potential clients against that and say, okay, is this person a fit or not? Okay. So what, what steps do you take to ensure that a potential client really does have that fire in the belly that you were talking about? Are there steps that you take yeah. to um, minimize the number of people that don't meet that criteria in the first place? Well, I mean, uh, I recommend anyone set up a hurdle before, let's say they hop on a call with you, whether it be an application form or something. You don't want just any Tom, Dick or Harry to be able to book a call with you without knowing something. So anyone who's applying, one of my big focuses right now is filling my uh, mastermind groups. So I have a, a, they're called the Coaching Jungle Masterminds. There's an application form that people have to fill out and then it sends them to my calendar and I choose whether to take the call or not. I've had a few people recently that I've declined the call with because they either didn't fill out the form or they didn't fill it. There was something in there that was a red flag. And I thought, I'm not going to spend my time. If they're not able to fill out this form, then I don't want them. Or if they just put a slash in each of the questions, you know, because they're too lazy to fill it out. Well, I don't want them in a mastermind if they can't take two minutes to fill out the application form. So don't, don't make the mistake that I made my first year in business. I was blasting my scheduling link all over Twitter and everywhere else. And any Tom, Dick, or Harry could book a call with me. <laughs> and I wasted a lot of hours that way. Um, right. I got some clients, but I wasted, I spent too many hours to get those clients. So you want to have at least some hurdle to make sure that people are motivated. Uh, here's another tip that I use and, and I recommend using. Um, let's say if I didn't know you, Craig, like I didn't know you from Adam and you just reached out and uh, you said, Hey Mark, uh, I want to get your advice on something and you're trying to pick my brain. Well, I, I generally don't allow my brain to be picked by non-clients. Like that's something I keep my energy for my clients. Um, but what I've done in the past, when somebody asks me a question like that, I'll recommend that they read a book that I think will really help them. And I have a few ones that are usually my go-to. And I say, look, here's a book. Go get that book, read it, and send me a message next week. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was from it. Mm. Now, usually you'll, you won't hear back from them because I don't know about UK, but I know with Americans, I think the average American reads a half a book a year, or I don't know, a quarter of a book a year or something. Uh, they don't read a lot of books. Um, so a lot of people won't get back to you and that's fine. You've just saved yourself an hour on the phone or video call with them anyways. Uh, yeah. But the other plus side, if they do get back to you because they've read a couple hundred page book and they've taken notes and they're giving you all the feedback, well, there's a clue that, hey, this person's serious and they are motivated. But it's all about weeding out the, the fakes and the flakes. There are a lot of flaky people online, and I don't want to deal with flaky people, and I don't think you or anyone else wants to either. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So some really great tips there on actually being strategic. Uh, so um, you're, almost, you're setting up a gatekeeping process so that, you're increasing the chances that you're spending time with quality leads in the first place or prospects, whatever you call them. Yeah. You're not displaying neediness. So what do most coaches do? They, uh, 
they use the pulse test or fog a mirror. So if a prospect has a pulse, they'll take them on. Or if they can fog, fog a mirror, they will take them on as clients. And just for the record, I used to do that my first year as a coach. So I'm right. not trying to, I'm not holier than thou. I've made those mistakes too. But um, I think that there's a, when you have that neediness that prospects can pick up on it. Mm. So another couple ways, I know we're going off on a tangent, but I think this is important when we're talking about neediness is uh, first off, don't get back to people within three seconds of when you get a message from someone. It looks like you're just sitting there waiting. Oh, please, someone message me. The other thing is if you send someone to your online calendar, don't have all 168 hours of the week open for <laughs> bookings, which I have seen. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, great tip. Yeah, re restrict, restrict it a little bit. So if it looks like every waking hour is open, then it's like, wow, this person isn't very busy. I would argue that you shouldn't have all that time open. Even if you aren't busy, you have zero clients, you have nothing going on, still restrict the number of openings. You should be spending some time on content creation. If you're in the online space, content creation or, or other things, personal development, reading books that you have to, to don't be available 24 seven. It doesn't, it's not a good look. Yeah. So for, for the benefit that for anyone that's, Thinking about escaping corporate, but they're not—they don't have a marketing background. They've never worked in that area. What what tips would you have for them regarding content creation, which you just mentioned? Uh, well, a couple things. First off, I I recommend choosing three pillars. And what I mean by pillar is it's a place to get your message to your ideal client, people could, who could hire you. Uh, so for example, my three pillars are podcasting. That's my show, Natural Born Coaches, but also like we're doing right now, me going out on other people's shows. So people will hear this who had no clue who I was before. Now they know me. Yeah. Uh, so there's pod podcasting is one of the pillars. Facebook, but especially the Facebook group, the coaching jungle, that's an important part of my business. And then the third way is email marketing, uh, specifically with daily emails. So I've been emailing my list daily now for roughly 1400 straight days, give or take, and uh, haven't missed a day yet, knock wow. on wood. Um, but those three things, if I'm doing the podcasting, Facebook group, and daily emails, I know that I'm good. And I'll still get business from elsewhere, but those are really the big three. So I recommend that you choose a couple pillars. Instead of trying to do 184 different things, focus on just a couple that you really enjoy doing and that you'll consistently do it, and then yeah. focus on those. And so just do a couple really well. Yeah, so may, if you hate writing, maybe email isn't the best way for you. Maybe you say, okay, well, I'm going to do daily Facebook Live video or I'm going to do YouTube videos or whatever. So only you could choose what your um, pillars are. But uh, what you can't do is stick your head in the sand and say, oh, well, I hate marketing and I don't really want to be out there a whole lot. So I'm just going to start a website and people will come beat down my door. It doesn't work like that. And I see a lot of coaches fall into that trap. They take, they go through a coaching certification, um, which isn't necessary by the way, but that's a whole other topic for maybe another podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but they think, well, I, I have to get a certification and once I get that done, I'll slap up a pretty website and there I'll have a steady stream of clients coming through my door. And it, it doesn't work like that. You have to consistently be out there in front of your ideal clients and you have to be proactive in putting your message out there. Uh, just like you're doing with this podcast, Craig, 
you, you didn't just start a website and say, okay, I hope everyone comes over now. Like you're out there doing podcasts and other things to get in front of your people. Yeah. Well, I think that is a wonderful high level view of how to go about things. I really do. And uh, I love that point that you've made about marketing. So I'm really grateful to you for coming along and spending some time and to help our audience think about how they might go about a corporate escape. And so I just want to close off by inviting you to share something of yours that could be of interest to listeners if they want to find that, explore more about what you're yeah. all about. Yeah, well, there's a Facebook group like we talked about, The Coaching Jungle. So there's lots of great discussion. There's almost 20,000 coaches in there and some really great people. So I believe you're in there, Craig. So thank you for I am. Uh, being yeah, being in there. So the, the link to go the, the, to forward yourself there is .coachingjungle.com, .coachingjungle.com. Then the other thing is, uh, which I just started doing this year, which is going great. It's going gangbusters so far is uh, my coaching jungle masterminds. So that's at junglemastermind.com. And with those groups, uh, I'm uh, leading mastermind groups of eight coaches per group. So it's coaches or people that have a product or service that meshes with coaching. And uh, we filled our first group, currently filling our second and, and more are on their way. So that's at junglemastermind.com. Great stuff. Love that. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I'm pleased to say that you've already agreed to come back for another episode, which I'm really looking forward to. So I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you so much. Mark. Yes, we will. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yahoo! <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode and feel like you would benefit from joining a community of ambitious, impact-driven, like-minded people, which happens to include many of our guests, then you may wish to consider joining our free Facebook community. Just go to the search box in Facebook, locate the Corporate Escape Plan community, then apply to join by answering the questions. See you inside!